0: This is Ticker Symbol U, a podcast focused on highlighting advanced technologies that are transforming our lives and disrupting their competitors in the process. My name is Alex, and I'm definitely not a financial advisor. I'm just a nerd that loves sharing my personal vision of the future and putting my money where my mouth is. To learn more, find me at tickersymbolu.com or youtube.com slash ticker symbol Y-O-U. Let's start with this. Kathy Wood recently released her latest episode of In the Know, a monthly video series where she talks about stocks, economics, and advanced technologies. She offered a ton of great insights around the possible future of rate hikes, earnings calls for Amazon and Facebook, and what investors could be missing in a few pretty important markets. These insights really require digging into the data, and as a result, I recommend watching the original episode in full. Your time is valuable, so let's get right into it, starting with the supercut.
1: It's very interesting that Companies and people are setting up funds to bet against innovation. That's really interesting. I think history tells us you shouldn't bet against innovation, but we are getting the description of innovation stocks, and I'm talking about true disruptive innovation here. We're hearing uh, many out there dismissing these strategies. As Oh, those are just stay-at-home strategies. They were uh, successful during the coronavirus because they solved some problems we had because of the coronavirus. They're also called uh, profitless tech strategies. Uh, Well, I can tell you there are a lot of very profitable, very rapidly growing companies in this innovation space. And I, I've been through them with you before, but just for those who are new, they are DNA sequencing, adaptive robotics, energy storage, artificial intelligence, and blockchain technologies. Each platform alone. Uh, we believe has started to grow exponentially. They are converging as well. And the convergence, we believe, is going to cause explosive growth and cash flow dynamics, the likes of which we believe we've never seen before. What we're seeing on the monetary and fiscal front right now, many people after today's employment report uh, are beginning to think that 50 basis points is the number that the Fed will basically telegraph that it, means business and that it's going to head inflation off at the pass. If they do, however, we think the stars are aligning in such a way that they will get the message very quickly that they don't need to do much more. They might want to do the 50 basis points just to say, "Okay, we're done for a while. What's interesting about the market's uh, reaction to this possibility is that strategists out in our world are now uh, trying to leapfrog each other saying, okay, I think it's at least three more tightenings after that or four. Uh, I've even heard altogether seven. The reaction you've seen in the equity market recently is fear, I think, that the Fed is going to go too far too fast because the economy is Quite weak. I think the Fed could do it, overdo it quite quickly. And yet we look at what's going on with oil prices right now quite differently. We do not believe that it is an indicator of inflation. We believe it's a taxi. Increase. It's, it is a supply shock. That is true. Demand has not passed, uh, where it was pre COVID. So shortfall in supply, but it's a tax and it's, it's a terrible tax on the lower income, uh, groups. There probably is more weakness brewing than many economists and strategists believe right now. What we are also focused on is that uh, loss of purchasing power is feeding through to retail sales. So retail sales in the all important December month were down 1.9% on the heels of a 0.2% increase in November. With inflation at 0.4, 0.5, 0.6%, those numbers, that retail sales number would in real terms, taking inflation away, have been down Two and a half percent and in November also down. Uh, so consumption is falling in, uh, the next few months. We'll probably, uh, see some sort of rebound uh, we most surely will because auto sales popped up in, in January. You we were also focusing on what, uh, companies like Facebook and Amazon are saying. Amazon reported yesterday its sales on a year over year basis. We're up only nine percent now. It was up against a very tough comparison, and I think on a two-year basis, we've still got solid growth. But still, nine percent is even lower than the lowest point during uh, the 08-09 crisis, which was fourteen and a half percent. True. Amazon is a little bit more mature of a company right now, but 9% I've never seen out of, out of Amazon. It was facing tough comparisons in uh, the quarters prior to now, and we saw nothing like that 9%. Facebook is suggesting that for many reasons, its sales growth in this quarter will be somewhere in the 3 to 11% range. This is the lowest ever. It's never been in single digits. Facebook has, we think, some competitive problems, but it did point uh, to weakness in the retail sector, as did Google in, in its report. So we look to the consumer sentiment surveys to give us a sense of where we're going from here. And if uh, we did get another uh, University of Michigan consumer sentiment survey, and it fell again uh, to, a, to a new low, it's lower than at any time during 2020, during the coronavirus crisis. And it is heading for lows that we haven't seen since the 0809 crisis. So the consumer is, doesn't like this loss of purchasing power. Deeply buried in the survey, uh, there is uh, a part that says, or ask the consumer, is now... A good time to buy a car, but it is, it has dropped to a new low, 46. Uh, it is lower than the low in 08, 09, which was roughly 100. And pre COVID, it was running at 150. So it's about a third of that. And it just dropped to a new low. Now, this flies in the face of what we saw in January auto sales moving up quite strongly, from 12.4 million units in December to 15 million in January. And what we believe has happened there is the various automakers had been building up inventories just waiting to put in chips. They are now saying that that chip uh, shortage is alleviating. Uh, So there have been people waiting for uh, their orders to be delivered. But if this survey is right, there's not going to be much follow-through. I will say that the other thing we're focused on is inventories. And in the face of the consumer feeling this way, we are paying uh, extra attention to inventories. So for December, retail inventories went up 4.4%. Think about that. 4.4% in December, a big holiday month, after a 2% increase the prior month. Now, 4.4%, again, you annualize things to get a sense of the drama here. If this were to continue, and it won't, but you know, that's the equivalent of 50% plus increase uh, at an annual rate. And nothing's growing at that rate right now. Uh, We're also seeing wholesale inventories backing up, continuing to back up 2.1% after 1.7% the prior month. And in the GDP report that was reported for the fourth quarter, we saw a massive increase in inventory. So the real GDP increased 6.9%, but 4.9 percentage points of that was inventories. Real final sales were about 2%. So after a 0.1% increase in the third quarter. So real demand here is quite sluggish, partly because what real disposable personal income Is falling. Purchasing power is falling. Capital spending is also doing pretty well. And I think automation is going to surprise on the high side of expectations as companies try to, uh, try to counter the input cost inflation, particularly, uh, energy, um, and, and other raw materials. One of the reasons we are facing a a shock in uh, the oil industry is ESG. It is very well-intentioned, of course, ESG. If oil companies stopped spending on fossil fuels in order to maintain a position in uh, corporate pension plans and so forth, oil prices would go to the moon. Now, uh, a lot of people laugh at the comparison to whale oil prices as we were shifting from whale oil for our lighting needs uh, to fossil fuels. Uh, but, if you look at the history, supply shock uh, did occur because uh, whale oil manufacturers saw the writing on the wall and just pulled out in terms of investing and the price was extremely volatile. Uh, I am very surprised to see uh, oil above 90 dollars uh, per barrel, but that is causing a couple of things to happen here: demand destruction and private shale oil producers are uh, now ramping back up again. Equities, as you know, they did move to an all-time high, but the internals of the market last year were not good. The ratio of new lows to new highs was as high as it's been since 1999. In 1999, it was the value stocks that were hitting new lows as everyone was racing into the internet. In this last year, it has been our kinds of stocks that were hitting new lows as value stocks were hitting all-time highs. As you know, the right thing to have done during uh, the late 90s when that ratio behaved that way was to move away from the new highs into the new lows. And I think the same is true today. And I'll just give you a preview of what may happen here you know, I was very interested after Ford said that the demand for its F-150 Lightning EV was so much stronger than, than it expected, its stock exploded. I want our auto manufacturers to be very successful in the EV space. But to see its stock jump to highs that it had not seen since 2000, what that moves Said to me, is oh my goodness, investors don't understand that 97 to 98% of its sales base is gas powered cars. And we believe that the shift toward electric is accelerating here. Oil prices being one reason, but also lower, lower prices being another as battery costs come down. We're also seeing a lot of confusion in the m- more mature growth area of innovation. Facebook is facing real competition and it, TikTok is the, is of course the reason it's also under pressure because Apple is not giving it or allowing it to have as much information about users and has put in place new privacy objectives and rules. Facebook was one of the stocks hitting all-time highs. Now, I have spoken to uh, some really good uh, value investors who've been doing this all their lives and asked them, if interest rates were to move into the 2 to 3% range, let's say as measured by the long-term treasury yield, which parts of the market, given where we are now... Uh, would be hit. And the answer that I found most interesting and that I, I think we've just uh, seen in Facebook is it would be the more mature growth companies that are facing some competition and not the the super growth companies that are just entering into their uh, exponential growth trajectories. I often use that uh, during the tech and telecom bubble, I saw investors you know, falling all over each other, trying to one up each other to get a bigger tech position because tech in the uh, indexes had moved to 35%. So we saw many portfolios with 40, 50% tech Again, they needed to outperform that index. And of course, that was exactly the wrong thing to do. Uh, But it was mass psychology. It was uh, a very interesting time. Today, we have the same thing going on in reverse. We have investors shying away, in fact, running for the hills. Uh, and the hills in this case are their benchmarks. Everyone needs to get close to that benchmark. And they all look alike. If you look at the top 10 in NASDAQ, top 10 in S&P, the overlap is astonishing. These benchmarks have really, I think, done a disservice to the allocation of capital. But that said, investors are Running for the hills, uh, when when there's volatility, fear around inflation and interest rates. And uh, we think that that decision is going to prove to be just as incorrect as uh, the decision to move on mass in in the late 90s. The consumer is reacting violently uh, to this uh, loss of purchasing power. So I don't think it's going to feed inflation. I think it's going to feed this uh, negative sentiment uh, that the consumer has been feeling.
0: So the big theme of this episode of In The Know is not being able to see the forest for the trees. Commentators are labeling all growth stocks as stay-at-home stocks or profitless tech strategies instead of looking at these stocks business by business looking at only the top-line GDP number instead of digging into the data and seeing that over two-thirds of that GDP growth was actually attributed to building inventories, even during the holiday season when these sales should be at their strongest. Seeing auto sales go up for a month and attributing it to demand, when in reality the chip shortage caused a backlog of orders that are just now getting filled. Many of these indicators are lower now than they were at their bottom in March of 2020, and back then, the Fed was quick to step in. The danger now is that the Fed might keep raising interest rates too far, too fast, making today's relatively weak economy even weaker. By the time these subtle data points impact the highest level numbers, like GDP, it could already be too late to course correct. Based on Kathy Wood's commentary, I think there are a few easy things that we should keep track of to assess overall economic health, the health of the market, and the mass psychology of investors that she's talking about. First, let's talk about consumer sentiment. If people feel their dollar isn't going very far, they're going to stop spending or at least slow it down. That would show up in consumer sentiment earlier than it shows up in actual earnings reports. There are a few great places to track consumer sentiment, depending on how deep down this rabbit hole you want to get. Kathy Wood often cites the surveys of consumers by the University of Michigan. This survey gets deep in the weeds with questions about personal finance, savings and retirement, broad economic conditions, and even sentiment around vehicle buying conditions, which was nearing lows not seen since 2008. I'm not saying we should all be tracking every chart in this survey every month, but it could be a good thing to bookmark and check in on whenever you're thinking about it. Taking things one level up, we have CNN's Fear and Greed Index. This one is more about the market and less about the economy, but it's a great daily roll-up of different ways to think about the market's health. The indicator on this Fear and Greed Index that I want to point out is the very bottom one called Stock Price Strength. This shows the number of stocks hitting yearly lows versus those hitting yearly highs. The worry here isn't just when the number of 52-week lows outnumbers the highs, it's actually when the market keeps going up while this is happening, because that means the market's performance is getting concentrated into fewer and fewer companies, which is a reasonable definition of a bubble. So, if you look at the plot of the S&P 500 right above this, which is trending upwards, and compare it to the stock price strength chart, which is trending downwards, you can get a better sense of the overall health of the index. The third and easiest to track sentiment survey is the American Association of individual investors, which only asks one question once a week. What direction do AAII members feel the stock market will be in the next six months? The week ending January 26th, 2022, was actually the one year high for bearishness, indicating that the pain may not yet be over, but a lot of it could already be priced in. The other indicator I want to point out is the one that I feel sits at the heart of Kathy Wood's thesis on the market, which is the private inventory's contribution to real GDP. This is the 4.9% that inventories are contributing to the overall 6.9% growth in GDP that Kathy Wood has mentioned, which is near record highs. When inventories stay high, it means real demand is low, which makes sense based on consumer sentiment being way down. The other thing to point out is how spiky and volatile these inventory readings have been lately, which to me means that supply chain issues are still very real. So what I'm looking for now is for consumer sentiment to rise and stabilize, stock price strength to get back to normal, and for the contributions of the inventories to GDP to fall and stay down. In my opinion, if the Fed really watched this set of indicators, they wouldn't be so quick to sharply raise interest rates tweet me at ticker symbol you with your thoughts on these super cuts in general and on this episode specifically. Do you find these summaries and sources helpful? Do you think Kathy Wood is right to look at inventory buildups, market health, and consumer sentiment? Or should investors be looking elsewhere? I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Either way, stay long, stay strong, and thanks for watching. Until next time, this is Ticker Symbol U. My name is Alex, reminding you that the best investment you can make is in you.